When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's Thursday, December 8th. I actually forgot it was Thursday. I've been on YouTube now for a half hour, kind of just shooting the shit with everybody. Um, I don't have much in things to go over today, but I'm sure I'll still talk for a half hour at least. Um, there are some stocks that went up, some stocks that, that we're kind of taking a look at, um, things that we're following. Um, and my new MacBook, which I absolutely love. If I haven't mentioned how much I love this new MacBook, I love this new MacBook. Um, but here, let's kind of go over energy. Let's start with energy. Uh, Exxon and Chevron, they released uh, some of their spending plans for next year, and both are up. You're kind of getting the start of a, a button hook at the bottom. Uh, Exxon, which I'm showing on the screen right now, my guess is that if you have more downside, it's only to the 200-day, which is 99. I heard this on CNBC yesterday, and, and it's, it's what I feel. Energy makes no sense. You are entering into a supply-side issue. Um, the supply-side issue is you've got European sanctions. You've got, um, uh, you've got uh, the OPEC cutting their production, and you've got China opening up. All of that converges into we're going to have supply issues. Just, it's a, it's a fact. Uh, even the, the um, Biden administration that allows now Chevron to refine Venezuelan oil, um, that is an indication they know we're going to have supply side issues. You have no more, um, emergent, well, you do have emergency reserves, but God, he's going to take up such a political hit if he goes into that one again. Um, he's got to refill it. I mean, honest to God, at 73, I'd probably be refilling it at this point. But he wants it at 65. They put, the, put it out there that they will start refilling it at 65. Nobody's, nobody's taking the bait because you can sell it on the free market for 73. So you are going to have supply side issue. So at the, at the worst, I would say you have this downside here. Um, and you can see. On the Exxon chart, you've got 98 to 99 right there. Um, you have a gap, and it's right where the 200-day is. With it moving up, it's up 2.27% to $106 per share. Uh, with that, I would think that you, if you wanted to time something, I think you're, you're, you're looking at a fairly good time because I do think that energy continues to move. Um, Peru on, on uh, Twitter I follow him, and he's continuing to say it makes no sense that uh, XLE is at 52-week highs, uh, and you have oil <clears throat> down at 73, and it's like 30%, 40% off of its 52-week highs. So he's saying it makes no sense. I'm kind of saying, hey, energy's probably going to continue to perform because there's nothing else in this market that is a supply-side issue. So XOM, uh, the algorithm doesn't have you in. It has you out. CVX is one that has you uh, 
uh, it has you out as well. And when you look at this one, it just got you out at 23% run from 148 up to around 180. Uh, you're trading at 172 in the pre-market. I think it's up at 175. Um, I don't own this one, so I don't really see the after hours on this one. I don't have it on watch list. I need to add that watch list. Um, but you do have the nine day under. It hasn't doesn't have confirmation yet. But if you're looking for a downside, I would say 165, where the 200 day is probably your downside. Again, I, I don't know that we would necessarily time this one, but it looks good. And so I would say that that energy comes back into play. We can look at some of the energy names that we've looked at in the past. Um, Fang. Fang is one. Um, it's touching the 200-day. It's kind of just below it. It's, it's just touched it. So Fang is a great one. Great dividend. PXD, which has like an 11% dividend, just past the ex-dividend date. It's below the 200-day. And it started to turn up. PXD, the RSI is at 35 so I think you've got opportunities here. You know, we can also look at Venom, uh, Venom or Viper. I always call it Venom just because of the symbol. You're using the 200-day support. Um, it got you in at 32. It got you out with a slight loss. I don't know that I necessarily would have sold if I got in at 32. But I think anything just about, if you get a 30 handle on this one, not even a 31 handle, a 30 handle on this, I think it's good. So... Um, you know, energy in my mind, again, still a play. I own Devon, uh, Devon energy is up by, let's see, uh, 2.5%, 65. I always say anything under 60, you buy this one all day long, anything over 60, you can sell it whenever you want. I've been holding it, uh, ever since I think I got in at like 53, um, back here uh, on this, I didn't sell it. I could have made a lot of money. Um, you know, 13, 20%, another 11%. Uh, plus the dividend, but you can see right after the dividend X date, it typically takes a, a, a turn down. Um, let's look at a longer chart. Uh, pull this one back a little bit so we can take a look at that. Um, there's the X dividend date, dips down. Uh, there's the X dividend date, dips down. Um, there's the X dividend date, dip down a lot. There's the X dividend date, dip down a lot. Here's the ex-dividend date. Will it dip down or has it already dipped down? My theory, it's probably already dipped down. Your RSI is at 33. Uh, another one that I own is Oxy. That me and Warren Buffett, not in the same, uh, the same realm, but um, it's broken through the 200-day. It's at 63. 65 was my kind of assumption. You've got the ex-dividend date coming up on December 8th, so it's today. Um, I, it's a super small dividend. I think it's 1% or something. Um, yeah, 0.81. So it's not huge. Not huge at all. It's up 120% this year. I continue to think that that one would be up. Um, but yeah, it's up 2%. So I, I think energy is still in play, especially with those guys saying, hey, we're going to raise, raise um, our, our spending next year. Next Stocks that I wanted to look at were a couple of beaten down stocks in the financial sector. And Wells Fargo is one. Uh, this was one that kind of got beaten up on scandals. Um, I think right before the pandemic, there were a bunch of scandals about their sales tactics and things of that sort. New CEO came in, um, has done really, really well for the stock. 
um, you know, outside of just this year per se. But you you're coming off a five percent run on this one, um, from forty all the way up to forty seven. Um, so you know, it got you out, you know, around that you got an ascending triangle, but you've lost everything and you're below the two hundred day. I think if you get a forty handle on this one, I think you take this. Just prediction, but again, you can take the, the RSI's at twenty eight. The MACD is way, way down. At some point, this one starts to turn around and it starts to become just, hey, it's been beaten down too much. Now, with banks, what we look at is we look at that book value. And on Finviz, it's over here on the left. It's 41.13. That's why I'm saying, if you get a 40 handle on Wells Fargo, the actual book is worth more. So it's going to go up. Um, Bank of America is another. You could, it's a similar chart. Take a look at that one. Now you've got 25 is the RSI on that one. And you see that MACD crossing, crossing down. And it got to, we, we're coming off a 16% run in Bank of America. Same thing. I think if you get a 30 handle on Bank of America, um, the book value is 29.65. I would be shocked if you get down to that. The PE is 10. The forward PE is 8. So it is expensive as far as bank goes, but it's best in class. Um, Goldman Sachs is another one. Uh, we looked at this one way down here. Book value was 300. I think it's gone up a little bit with their most recent earnings. Um, 307. So in my mind, if you get near that 307, um, the 200 days at 338, you're trading at 359 right now. You're just coming off a 20% run in this one. Uh, I think if you get down near that 300 on Goldman Sachs, I think you take it all day long. JP Morgan, same thing. You're starting to look at this one. You're coming off a 21% run. What's the book value on JP Morgan? Um, the book value is 86. So you're well above this. You're at 132. But if you get down towards that 200 day at 120, I think you start to take a look at it. Again, if you like JP Morgan, I would say Bank of America and Wells Fargo present more of a trading opportunity, not long term trading opportunity. Um, Warren Buffett owns Bank of America, so I do think um, uh, that one is probably a buy and hold if you're actually going to get into it. And if you get that 30 handle, you can make that determination if you want, um, whether you're going to buy and hold it or whether you're going to trade it. But Morgan Stanley, which I own at a much higher price, I think 103, 104, somewhere in that neighborhood, um, I'm still holding it. You're coming off an 8% gain. You've got this gap here, and my belief is that gap will get filled down to 84. But you do have an opportunity there. Sorry about that. I heard huge bangs and, and things. Um, turns out my parents are playing ball with the dogs, and the ball bounced against there. So if you heard that, my apologies, but I heard a loud bang. I had to pause it. Um, but Morgan Stanley is one. You know, I, I own it. I, I, I would say Wells Fargo. Um, let's look at Citibank too, since we're talking about the big banks. Um, City, it kind of used that 200 day as its sport level. City's got some uh, some debt issues, so uh, let's see what the book value on City is. It's the shittiest of the banks, um, shitty bank, as uh, South Park people would say. It's shitty bank. Um, the book value is 92. This one's trading at 45. I mean, it's always traded below for the, probably the past 10, 15 years below its book value. Um, it's just bad. So 
I, I do think that that between energy and financials, I think you have opportunity there. Again, we're looking at probably just a bounce in the market. It's been oversold. You've been down for what, six days now? It's got to bounce up. It's got to bounce up. Uh, Tom has brought up a couple of stocks to me, and he knows that I love the levered ETFs. Um, and he has uh, found a levered ETF to the uh, 20-year treasury, which bonds, if you haven't noticed, bonds have been going nuts. Um, uh, November 11th, uh, the algorithm got you in at 23. This is 29. It's a 20% move in a bond fund. Um, you should see, if you're not watching on YouTube, look at that MACD. I mean, that MACD is clear as day. Look at it soaring. I don't know that you necessarily want to get into this one right now. The RSI is at 77. Um, it is so overbought at this point that it's got to come down. It's just crossing the 200-day. So um, if you look at a long-term one of this one, um, let me drag it a little bit longer. If we look at a long-term chart of the, this is a symbol. Um, why did I do that? Symbol UBT. Uh, I, I need to start, stop going into full screen like that. But UBT, take a look. It's a ski slope. I mean, it's honest to God a ski slope. So in my mind, bonds have just not been good. Uh, that's to December. Let's go to a weekly. We go to a weekly. Take a look at the, just the tumble this year in bonds. That's a triple levered bond fund for you. Let's, it, it's, it's behind my head. <laughs> let, me, let me move this over. Um, oh, stop. How do I move this over? Ah, Trend Spider, I got to get out of there. That's the ski slope. So, yeah, UBT, great move on the current one. Uh, on the algorithm, uh, currently at more than a 20% gain. So great find by Tom. Uh, the other one that Tom likes is NUGT. This is the gold miners. Um, it's a bullish two times gold miners. Um, if you look at this one, the entry was on November 7th at 26.57. You're at 35. Fantastic, fantastic move on this. Um, just great. And, and you're up above the 200 day. Um, the RSI is a little high. I would say it's a little bit oversold, but you know, Tom likes this one for a long term. Uh, another one that Tom brought up and that I think is good. AXSM. Uh, those of you that don't know, Tom's a doctor. Um, so he does know about biopharmaceuticals. This one has drugs for depression and Alzheimer's. And Tom thinks that it's going to move significantly. Now, you did have just this cross-up at 7278. Uh, that's right after gaps between 56 and 867. Um, this is one that uh, got some, uh, some bump with a, um, another one that was being sold. I forget the name of it. But essentially, um, uh, we were going to look at a, not necessarily the ones that were being bought, but I got to look at my notes. But if you... Go back and listen to a couple of couple of episodes ago. Um, you'll know which one I'm talking about. It just escapes me. But the MACD is probably crossing down here. It's just got too much hype. My guess is you could probably buy this at the fifty uh, the two hundred day, which is fifty two dollars. That would be my guess. 
that at some point in time, we see this one come back to 52. If I pull this back to here where we see, yeah, I mean, look, 52 is right there. You got a volume shelf right about 49. At the very least, you've got a volume shelf here at 62. Starting to build this volume shelf up there. But Tom likes it. Tom thinks it's going to be volatile. But he does think you, you're looking at a pretty good opportunity there. Uh, I'll read you this email uh, from Cooper. Um, he, he signed up for uh, Facebook and, and put it, it, Facebook denied him entry because he said his name was Bruce Wayne. You ain't no Batman, Cooper. <laughs> um, been picking up shares in software tech names that are uh, hitting new um, or near 52-week lows. CRM, Snow, uh, CYBR, and Zscaler. As I have to believe, there is still going to be sizable demand once we get past the recession for these high-flying COVID boomer stocks, uh, but hard to know. Uh, I'm probably holding anything I buy now for two plus years, so not sure if uh, your thesis uh, to avoid these for now would be the same for looking for my time horizon as opposed to just trading them. Here's my take, and we'll take Snowflake. I personally own Snowflake at a much higher price. I think I'm in the 180s. Um, I will probably dollar cost average my way. Um, you're just getting out. There was a buy right after right after earnings at 151. You're down at 137. You've got a gap down here to 127. I will kind of do a video of how I buy long-term stocks versus how I buy medium-term stocks between how I buy um, short-term stocks. And I'll do that video, kind of just do a screen recording of it, maybe edit it a little bit. Um, maybe three videos, but, uh, essentially for a two plus year horizon, I would probably take a look at the algorithm and say, okay, where am I buying in? And I would take a, a long-term view. And the problem with Snowflake in particular is it just IPO'd, I think last year and it went up to 400. So you don't know where that, um, that base is. If we look at Snowflake, um, and you look at the price to sales at 24, that's huge. Your forward PE is 289. So they have to grow their earnings in order to currently grow into the current valuation of 159. Say they, for some reason, um, you know, can't grow their earnings or their earnings uh, drop um, you know, by half. Well, the price, the, the forward PE moves to 125, which is huge. A forward PE of 125 is still huge. If you go down to 125, that stock is cut in half. You're at 60, 50. So the possibility is there. Uh, th there's a lot of people who like uh, Snowflake. And so when you're buying into Snowflake, everybody's like hyping up, hey, this is the next Tesla. This is the next one that's going to move. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. So I like that you're, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. For a two-plus year horizon on Snowflake, I think that forward PE is probably too rich in the, the market that we're currently in. Um, I am holding at 183. It's a very small position. I will probably be loading in, but I'm looking more at a five to 10-year horizon on this one um, because I think that they can grow into the, the way their contracts work. Uh, they start with smaller contracts and the contracts grow with Snowflake. So their, their hope is that people actually expand. What happened with the last earnings where you saw it kind of dip down and it's down at the price where it is, 
They actually didn't grow their, their contracts as, as gro- much as they were. So the expectation next year is that they're going to grow revenues by earnings per share, I should say, 126%. Um, you're only 24% above your 52-week low of 110. I think 110 was a lucky place to get it. I think in my mind, if you can grab this in the 120s, I think you're doing well. I think you're doing good in the 130s. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that it, it's a for sure thing. It, it is expensive and they need to grow. Yeah, James says, don't put your eggs all in one basket like I did with Apple. Come on, man. They're building a car. <laughs> um, let's look at some of your others. Uh, CRM. CRM, same thing, by the way. And CRM is in crisis mode. Look at the PE. I mean, they're making money, but their PE is 471. Their forward PE, though, is 23. So what they're projecting is that it's only, it's only trading at 23 times. But that PE right now is 471. It's got no dividend. You are uh, only, you're at your 52-week low. Um, I would say this one still has room to go down. Uh, Benioff has, ooh, the co-CEO leaving, there's been some rumors about some management, people being upset, blah, blah, blah. Um, you were buying this for Benioff's uh, uh, guidance his management style, um, things of that sort. Hold on one second. So CRM, yeah, sorry, I had to get the dogs. Um, I, I, I would choose Snowflake over CRM at this point in time just because management and, and CRM has a, an issue. Uh, let's look at CYBR. Oh, well, before we do that, we'll go back over here to look at, Snow, I mean, CRM, you're not buying into it. Don't time it. The RSI is at 31. Um, it's just, you know, the MACD's crossing down. I'd probably say wait for this to get down near the 120s. It's, it's at, let me see, is it at all-time lows? Let's go back to a weekly um, to look at this. It's not at all-time lows, but you're back to COVID. I mean, essentially, you're back to 2020, um, where, you know, we didn't know if the world was going to continue on. So, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, let me look. Uh, um, the next one, CYBR. This is cybersecurity as well. I think you're right in you know looking at CyberArk software. Um, this one, it just got you out of crash down here. I'm not as familiar with this as Snowflake and stuff, but look at that MACD. I think this one you're probably looking at. Look at those bottoms right there. I mean, this is just four-hour chart, but right there around 130, you're putting in pretty good bottoms. Um, between 130 and 140, let's pull this back and see if we can get a little bit more clarity. I'm going to pull the volume shelf back here. Um, back to there. Let's see where we've got some volume shelves here. We got some volume shelves that'll pull you up between 148 and 150. Uh, but my guess is, let's go over to FinViz, CYBR. And you're looking, yeah, it's not making money. And by the way, look at that forward PE. 45,320. That's where you're getting killed. Um, you know, 
Robert Baird outperformed 182 as the price target in October. Uh, but that's where you're getting killed. That forward PE price to sales, 10 times price to sales. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, that one I would, I would worry about Zscaler. They're the one I think they're the largest, um, one of the largest or one of the, the fastest growing cybersecurity. Um, their P, forward PE is 68. Uh, this is one I have Palo Alto networks and, um, CrowdStrike instead of Zscaler. Um, it, it's a similar chart on all of these stocks. I just, you know, honest to God, I, I, I don't know um, how a company is not spending on cybersecurity and increasing their cybersecurity spend, but they're not. Uh, um, you know, it's clear, clear as day in recently that this is using the 200 day as its support uh, resistance level. You're trading at 114. I would think at some point in time, this comes back up to the 200 day if we have cyber uh, attacks and things. So yeah, yeah, 157. Uh, and if we go to Zscaler, let's look at the, what the monkeys say. The monkeys say Redburn, December 1st, neutral, $135 price target. They're at 114. So I think you're doing things right. I think your time horizon is wrong. I think if you're looking for two years with the current state of interest rates, of bonds, of things of that sort, I think your um, time horizon would, should be more towards the five-year, maybe between two and five, um, because I think next year is going to be tough. They're going to bring down um, some of the S&P earnings. You will get hurt. Uh, and then the following year, I think you start to see some growth put back in. Um, and I think that's where you're looking. By the way, Boyle at $30. It just crossed the ticker. Um, one that I like, I, wanted, I was showing on uh, YouTube before I came on to record the podcast, is McDonald's. Look at that ascending triangle <clears throat> that TrendSpider puts in for you. Uh, 237 was the buy on October 4th in the algorithm. Just got you out with a 13% gain. And you still have some, some confirmation with this triangle. Now, the gap down here between 259 and 261 is above the 200-day, so it worries me. You have a volume shelf building up here at 270, so you may have some tightness. If you dip down below, I would say the 267 mark, I think you're going back down to the 262 and stuff. This is a long-term play. You can actually, actually use this as a long-term play. McDonald's is a great, great company. Um, uh, if you guys have ever done road trips, I mean, McDonald's is kind of the go-to. It's 2.25% dividend. October 28th, Raymond Baird outperformed. 288 is the price target. 295 is the price target. All of these October uh, you know, price targets, 274, 272, they're all up above where we are today. Uh, now, the 52-week the high on this one is 281. So you're only 4% below your 52-week high. So you don't have a significant amount of growth. It is expensive. It's at 34 PE. Uh, the forward PE is 25. But McDonald's came up as, as just one that I wanted to bring up. Um, Sabouge on YouTube brings up a good point. When I talk about TOL, Toll Brothers, uh, DRV and DRN are not the equivalent because they are REITs. They are looking more at the real estate sector, not home builders. The home builders uh, ETF is NAIL. Uh, and this is the directional home builders nail. Uh, and we talked about home builders yesterday with Toll Brothers saying, hey, people are just holding off buying. 
uh, the, the nail had you in at $30.79. This one doesn't look great on the algorithm, but I will tell you this. The algorithm loses you 33%. Buying and holding loses you 29%. You have 29 positions over that 1,000 candles. 31% are wins. Your average win is 19%. And, and that 19%, when I looked at this, that's because here June 23rd, we had this buy-in at 2385. Uh, it got you out with a 40% gain on August 22nd. So two months later, you made 40%. You probably could have made 50 easily. It's just the button hook happened. So it's an interesting one. But Sabuj, you are 100% right on that. Um, China's opening up. LVS, which is Las Vegas Sands, huge. It's up big in pre-market. This one we had a buy-in October 28th at $36.60. I think you're probably looking at, uh, let's look at Las Vegas Sands here, because I think you're looking at probably going back to 52-week highs if China is actually going to uh, uh, continue. But their 52-week high is $49.30. It's trading at 47. It's probably going to break that today, to be honest, with the move that is going to go up. So if we look at a weekly on this one, if you're looking at, okay, well, where am I, um, you know, in, in relative respect, this is 2018 before the, um, uh, the, the Jan- Janet Yellen kind of move. And you saw it just tank, tank. Then you made a move. Then you had COVID. And then you had 2021. And you've just been down. Uh, I think if this breaks above 50 and you're above that 200 day on the, uh, on the, um, the weekly. And again, I'm looking at a weekly. If you're above that 200 day, I think this gap at 62 to 66 comes into play. Because if China is completely um, uh, opening and they are serious about opening, I think Las Vegas Sands is one that wins because Macau, Macau will open up. Uh, let's take a look at win. Um, win, same kind of thing. You've just had this crazy run of win up at 84. October 24th, you had a buy-in at 57.55. You've got gaps all the way down. Um, but again, if China's opening up, win because of Macau will win. Uh, excuse the, uh, the pun. Uh, one of the ones that somebody brought up earlier, and I said, you're crazy if you hold on to this one. We're having a button hook. Well, the algorithm got you in back in. I said, if you're in at five, get the hell out. You're at seven. That's a crazy good thing. Well, got, did, the algorithm did get you out, but it got you right back in at eight. You're at 10 now. If, you, if you're in this MLCO, which is Melco Resorts, it's a China um, uh, stock. It, it's China, China stock for casino resorts um, in China, in Macau. Uh, this one is crazy. Let's go and look at the Finviz one because I want to see where they are compared to their 52-week high. Um, their 52-week high is $11.81. So if China is really opening, MLCO could go to $11 easily. So you got another 10% in this one. Um, you know, if we look at a weekly on this one, let's look at a weekly. Yeah, do I think that, that 15's in play? Probably if China's opening up. Um, yeah, I like it. So MLCO, whoever did that one, kudos to you. Uh, PDD, Baba, let's look at PDD, Baba, JD.com. They're all up today. Um, 
you see that button hook, but it's going to continue to rise. Let's see what BABA is. BABA is up 4% pre-market, just what it lost yesterday. I have no idea why it went down yesterday, but Chinese stocks, good ones. Um, Tesla. <laughs> Let's just say Twitter is killing Tesla. Elon's focused on Twitter, and he's not focused on tw uh, Tesla. And it came out today that um, bankers who he got money to buy Twitter from are looking at doing margin loans against his Twitter stock to try and um, uh, fund more Twitter debt. Eh. You're looking at that 130, 138. If we go back here, I think it's, um, is it in the daily? Let me look. Um, hold on one second. Got to let the dog out. Okay, so let's pull this back. I let the dogs outside and we're having a, discussion on YouTube live. Um, just more about Tesla, but let me see. Can I get back? No, I can't get it. Um, let's go to the daily because I think it may have been the daily that showed the gap back there between one thirty. Um, and it was a while ago. There we go. See, there's the gap and it is, uh, one thirty seven to one forty two. So, I, I think you start to see that this one is creeping down to those levels. Um, there is no, let's see if we pull it back here to just before. There's no volume shelf there. People have bought here well before, well after that. So you got no volume support level. You've got no, no kind of you know, catalyst that's pushing it up. Um, the, the month end, they'll, they'll do their quarter end deliveries. Um, that's probably where you're looking at. But Tesla is in trouble. I wouldn't put more money into it. No doubt about it. They are having some issues. Um, there's some insider Tesla stuff about cameras not being replaced. And uh, maybe LiDAR is uh, going to be part of the autopilot system. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. But uh, bigger news. Google is merging Google Maps and Waze teams. They're not merging the apps. They're merging the teams. Dangerous. Anybody that loves Waze you're going to get screwed. Honest to God, it's, it's, you know, you're going to get screwed. At some point in time, I think they take that, hey, a speed trap is up here uh, thing away. Uh, let's take a look at some of the stocks that we've talked about this week. GMED. Um, I think GMED was the one. Or no, RMED. RMED was the one. Uh, RA. Yeah, GMED was the one that, RMED was the one that um, someone brought up. Let's see where we're at on this one. Oh, it's still got confirmation. If you're in this one, oh, it's still got confirmation. 308 right there. Um, yeah, you're up at 503. So I, I think you're moving towards that that $6.37 where the 200-day is. I like that one. Again, I like that that trade. BNGO, bingo was his name -o. Um, This is one that we had a $2.15 buy-in on the algorithm. You're at 218. I said you could go to the... the uh, the 200 day, which is at 228. The problem is you're having this death cross. And remember, the death cross is the 50, that blue line crossing the 200 day. If that happens, the last time that happened here, you saw it continue down a little bit, but then it shot up. So I think that's probably where I'd be looking at. Again, if you're in this one, I'm not in this one. I may trade this one as part of the charity challenge. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a lot of problems getting time. 
my time is precious these days, but uh, REI, I do think we, uh, James and I talked about this one yesterday. We think there's a double bottom coming in here. If you're down at the two, two, probably 30 range, uh, it does seem to have a button hook happening. I think if you close uh, or even touch uh, 248 today on REI, I think you're touching that nine day. I think it's good. So uh, I like that one. Uh, TQQQ, we talked about anything under 20, you should get into. It's trading at $20.65. Let me just check uh, Active Trader Pro real quick. Um, let's see. TQQQ uh, is trading at $20.64. Market just opened up and it's got some red candles. Ooh, boy, that first candle looks ugly. But yeah, TQQQ, uh, I like that one. Anything under. Talked about Boyle. Boyle had a big run yesterday. Um, and you're looking at a red candle today. Again, I think it, for me, if, if it touches that, 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 um, that nine day on uh, the four hour, I'll probably wait till this afternoon to buy it. We were talking about this one. Um, but I'll probably wait this, till this afternoon to buy it because I do see that, that kind of button hook. And if you're looking at um, the chart on YouTube, you really should look at this chart because you can clearly see that there's a button hook on the um, the MACD. Doesn't mean that it's actually gonna, you know cross up, but that RSI is at 36. It's just you know natural gas is oversold, and so you know I do think that you're moving between this 31.18 and 35. I think it covers that gap at some point in time. I do. So that's my take on Boyle. Um, Armed, Melco, we went over, Bank of America, we went over, Wells Fargo, we went over, Google, uh, oh, Google, we need to go over, Goldman Sachs was the other one that I was talking about, Google, it got you out um, of GOOG, so if you're in GOOG at 88.55, the algorithm got you out, I, again, I say Google is a long-term buy, I don't think that it's a short-term buy, I think you're probably going to cover this gap between 88 and 92. So I think you might have a better time to buy it um, at some point in time. The RSI is kind of in no man's land at 38, but I like this one. There were two cross-ups that I found um, today, and, and these are stocks that are on runs. Um, well, the one is on a run. I think the other one is on a run too. But this one, uh, Kraft Heinz Company, KHC is the symbol. You got into this one November 18th um, with a $37.88 buy. You're at $39.93 with a secondary cross-up. The RSI is kind of high at 65. I don't know that I'd necessarily get into this one. Uh, at some point in time, I think you get back down to the $37 range. Um, but it's got super, super strong uh, movement. And what's interesting about this is the previous uh, algorithm purchase on September 22nd, got you out with a 10% gain, November 11th. Um, the algorithm on this one makes you 24% over 1,000 candles um, with 23 positions. You win 43% of the time. Um, your average win is 6.6%. So this is a nice, steady, safe, hey, if I'm going to get into it, I'm going to get into it. Um, if you just bought and held it, it made you 16%. But remember, that's 16% over what is almost half of a bear market. 
So it's been a good stock. The other one that crossed up is one I think Jesse had asked me about a while ago and I put this in. Hershey. And you've got the ascending triangle. And God, it took off. Uh, it's trading at 241 right now. Um, it was a cross up at 235 yesterday. If you didn't get in, you didn't get in. But it's got that ascending triangle. Uh, this one has all the confirmation in the world. Um, Hershey is one. Let's see. HSY. They are hitting their 52-week highs at 241. Um, their 52-week low is only 31% at 180. It's got a huge PE of 36, 1.75% dividend. Year-to-date, you're up 22%. So that's all I've got. So I'm going to go back to YouTube Live. Uh, sorry about all the interruptions, but 40 minutes, pretty good day. So if you have any questions, hit me up uh, on the socials. Thank you, all the supporters. Uh, thank you to everybody that tipped me. Cooper, thank you for the tip. Uh, he said that the Anchor Monthly wasn't working. If it's not working for you, tip me on just, you know, Venmo or Cash App or something like that. And just put a reminder in your calendar. Uh, if 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 Boyle hits uh, 180, 190, whatever Zephin's uh, price target was, I expect monthly support checks to come, just like child support. Your daddy needs child support. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have any questions, hit me up on the socials. Um, and thank you to everybody for listening. Um, rate the show. If you've made it this far, you like me. So go on to Apple Podcasts. I have it on my Instagram. I have a, a reel that shows you how to rate me on Apple Podcasts. I only have seven ratings, it says, on Apple Podcasts. It says, for, Anchor tells me 50, 43% of you listen on Apple Podcasts. God. I mean, nobody's rating me on there. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just go down to the bottom. Let me see what you do. I'll tell you exactly what you do. Um, let's go to podcasts. And then you're going to go to the bottom. You're going to go to library because I'm assuming that you follow my show and then you're going to hit shows. You're going to find my show in your library there and you're just going to scroll to the bottom. Hit the five star. Just hit it. You know, for some reason, some people rated me a one. Those people probably didn't make it to the end. If you made it to the end, um, you know, hit that, hit that rating. If you're on Spotify, which I think the majority of people are, just it's right at the top. It's nice and easy. You can't write a review. You don't have to write a review on Apple either. If you want to write a review, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll give you a shout out. Um, but Apple Podcasts, you should actually do that. Uh, live Facebook, or I'm sorry, the private Facebook group. If you go to the link tree in the bottom of the episode description, um, there's an icon for Facebook up top just below my picture. Um, you can join us there. I think we're, we're up to about 80 people or something. And again, you know, I have thousands of people that listen to this every day. It's like pulling teeth with you people. I'm trying to, you know, give you education. Um, so yeah. Um, if you guys have any, anything else to say, any suggestions I'm open to, um, just like Sabouj on, on YouTube. I mean, listen, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Just make, you know. And maybe I'm the luckiest guy in the room. That may be it. And I know how to talk and I got two cute dogs. So I got that going for me. Okay. Take care, you guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow.